in order to talk about tomorrow, it implies we have a past. So we rely on the infrastructure assets that have been invested in um, by our predecessors. Um, and we make decisions today on those, about, about those assets and, those, and that infrastructure for the benefit of our communities, not only today, but for the future as well. Welcome along to the Asset Guardian podcast, where we explore the discipline of asset management throughout New Zealand and speak with industry leaders to learn more about the innovation and challenges in today's evolving world of technology, infrastructure and regulation. My name is Josh Pope, and I'll be your guide on this journey into the world of kaitiakirawa and asset management. Hello, everyone. Welcome along to another episode of the Asset Guardians podcast. My name is Josh Pope, and it's my pleasure to welcome along uh, Murray Pugh, uh, CEO of Upopo. Uh, Murray has a background in finance, marketing, strategy, and consulting. He is passionate about public asset management, climate change, change adaptation, sustainable communities. Uh, Murray, thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited to hear your insights and perspectives uh, on the challenges and opportunities facing the infrastructure sector in New Zealand. Um, so Apopo was uh, formally named the Institute of Public Works Engineering Australasia uh, here in New Zealand and has recently undergone a change of name and, and purpose, which I'm keen to hear a bit more about. So um, kia ora, Murray, welcome along. And um, perhaps could you maybe just introduce yourself a little bit more and maybe talk about uh, your current role as CE? Um, can I first acknowledge the people of the land of Aotearoa? I grew up under the mana of Mount Taranaki and I now live within the community of Ngāti Toa. And uh, so my name is Murray Pugh. Uh, and I'm honoured to be the Chief Executive of uh, Pōpō. Um, and yeah, looking forward to a, a discussion about uh, Pōpō today and what we're up to and um, what that might mean for the, the future of infrastructure asset management here in Aotearoa. Amazing. Thank you so much for that. Well, before we get too far into the, the nitty gritty of um, asset management, I do like to uh, unpick my guests a wee bit and sort of understand what, what makes them tick. And um, so I'm just curious, if you if you weren't doing your current role as, as CE, is there other passions that you may have followed, perhaps not in infrastructure? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. My, my history, my background, my career uh, started off uh, with Deloitte. Um, so I'm a chartered accountant. Um, and um, I'm also an enrolled barrister and solicitor of the High Court of New Zealand. Uh, but uh, I find myself working with engineers who are problem solvers, and they're, they're my sort of people, um, rather than perhaps lawyers and accountants. Um, and I guess that gives some sort of insight into maybe in a, an alternative universe, uh, maybe I would have uh, gone down the, the road of architecture or engineering, design, um, something in those lines. But I find myself uh, working with these people as opposed to doing what they do. Amazing, amazing. It sounds like you've sort of still kind of got that interest in, say, the built environment, you know, in that sort of architecture design space. Or Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I love... Um, 
contemplating how things have been created in the way they have that we we usually take for granted. You, know, you get into a lift and not many people think about the motor at the top of it and the cables pulling it up and the springs at the bottom and the <laughs> yeah. That's uh, def definitely a real sort of that engineering mindset for sure. Um, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, I think something like an advisor. Um, I think I've always seen myself um, helping other people to work through their issues and work through their problems. Um, so something in that space. But um, I, I must say that, you know, it was growing up, it was like go to university. And like that seemed to be the definition of, of what you did. Um, and it wasn't so much what, what then, it was more a case of, um, you know, you you work 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 hard at university, and you might get some, an internship or something with a, a law firm or an accounting firm. It happened to be Deloitte in my case, and uh, that really kicked me forward. Did you always have a, a pull towards, say, leadership or or say an executive and CEO type role? Um, I think so. Um, decision making, I guess. I, I do like decision making and making decisions and um and having to uh you know be accountable for that and so that is something which i do and actually enjoy and i know that some others like that as well but uh some people run as far as that, as far from that uh accountability as they can as well so yeah well i mean just sort of hearing that it's kind of um seems like a perfect natural fit falling into the sort of asset management infrastructure a popo sort of space as well so um on on to a popo and, and and the recent changes that that have sort of happened um what what was the inspiration for uh, the move towards uh the the name change and sort of the purpose mm. change uh for, for a popo so um i'm going to take this opportunity to to give a, a little Toreo uh lesson so our popo so Apopo is um, is our name, and it has macrons on every single vowel of the word. Um, so Apopo, just to to give it its full full breadth. It's a beautiful word, um, and it actually means um, interreo tomorrow, um, or more specifically, the day or the night after tomorrow, which really implies the future. Um, and that is what infrastructure asset management is is all about. It's all about making decisions for the future um, communities that are going to be using that those infrastructure assets. It's also quite wonderful in that it implies that in order to talk about tomorrow, it implies we have a past. So we rely on the infrastructure assets that have been invested in um, by our predecessors. Um, and we make decisions today on those about about those assets and those and that infrastructure for the benefit of our communities not only today but for the future as well. So we have the past, present, and future. Uh, we have the concept of raising our gaze uh, beyond today, raising our gaze to tomorrow, making our decisions um, around those those infrastructure assets. And we also bring into um, a space which has traditionally been single culturally focused, um, the benefits and the value of both treaty partners. So our full full name is actually our Pawpaw 
Infrastructure Asset Management Professionals Incorporated. Um, we have both Tereo and English. We have a balance between um, the perspectives of both treaty partners, and that is something which um, is a, a pretty big shift for this organisation, which has been around since 1948. We're in um, celebrating our 75th year this year. Um, to recognise the value of both treaty partners. And I keep coming back to that concept that there is value um, that uh, perhaps sadly has not been acknowledged or recognised in the past from um, the uh, principles of te ao Māori, um, from Masaranga Māori or Māori-based knowledge um, that is derived from um, the people who have been in this land, in Aotearoa, for coming up a thousand years, uh, relative to European-based knowledge, European-based culture, which is um, a much shorter history in this land. And so there's knowledge and understanding of, um, of Aotearoa and the elements, particularly in terms of water, um, but also in terms of landscapes um, and, and how to, to use those landscapes and, and resources and environment, uh, which need to inform the way we manage infrastructure assets, um, because it's real understanding um, and value from those elements which uh, need to inform how we go about uh, using our infrastructure assets I can give you an example, um, which has uh, uh, been relayed to me. So this is a little bit third hand, and I hope I get it accurate enough. Um, but there was a, an example where a, um, an engineer um, was tasked with a, creating a, um, a new uh, landfill site. And landfills need to be lined, they need to be impervious, they, so the leachate doesn't leach out and, um, and all sorts of things like that. Um, and so a site was chosen and it looked all good and the engineers began drilling into it and lo and behold um, they kept coming up with holes in the ground. It was not impervious, it was absolutely riddled with um, micro holes and, and just was completely unsuitable for, for landfall purposes. And then they spoke with, by chance, uh, local iwi uh, who um, relayed to the engineers that, oh, yeah, um, that that particular gully is is known as, and I don't know the Tereo name, um, but the place with which is holy ground. And so the local EB knew that it was a, a, a terrible place <laughs> to even contemplate um, such a land use. Um, but the European-based knowledge system says, no, we must charge in there and we must drill and we must find out and we must... Um, you know, use use all of our uh, normal tools or our traditional tools that we know and understand um, to to make some decisions upon. Um, when if that local indigenous based knowledge had been uh, accessed early on, uh, you know, there would have been literally was hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work not wasted. So it's just a, a example of. Uh, how we haven't used knowledge in the past and how we need to use it in the future. Yeah, that's that, that's it's a beautiful. Um, uh, firstly, so I guess a, a beautiful uh, name and um, 
uh, message behind behind the change, and then also a beautiful example of um, of of the, the 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 joining of those those two uh, knowledge bases and different perspectives of looking at at a problem. And this is certainly something to be said for the uh, I guess qualitative information that is often not able to be brought into sort of maybe that more scientific engineering. Um, you know, considerations we 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 seem to like you say with the European sort of base knowledge, over you know swing the pendulum too far one way and and try to overanalyze where there's a whole bunch of history you know but particularly around uh, you know maybe it's the land use or the site in particular or or water and the and the culture as well and and how that should actually feed into it and I, I really yeah. liked the the fact that you, you were talking about these natural resources as well as as assets like how are we managing and looking after these for the future as well because often we are talking about the built environment but you know to 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 have the built environment we need the natural environment and these two things need to act uh, harmoniously and sync up as well and so i think the, the it's an, such an appropriate name such an appropriate message for this infrastructure space and it's certainly something that new zealand um, has needed and i i really think it's going to help um, set a, a new direction for for everybody in, in asset management um what do you think some of the 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 biggest misconceptions about asset management are for our country and and, and for the communities um, I think that we we suffer at the moment from um, a lack of understanding of the importance of of asset management, and I can relate this to something which uh, Te Wahanga Infrastructure Commission um, uh, regularly projects, which is that um, in the next fifty years, take whatever time frame you like. Um, 99% of the infrastructure that we need exists today. And so when you start conceptualizing that and thinking about the billions of dollars that we know we have to spend on upgrading and, and developing and creating new infrastructure, you know, whether it's a Auckland Harbour Crossing or whether it's um, getting welly moving um, or any of the 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 major infrastructure projects you know the new zealand battery um you know that scale of of investment is in the billions of dollars and yet those billions of dollars only represent one percent of what we need so that means we have to be looking at how we use the infrastructure which is around us right now um and how can we get more and more out of it and better community outcomes um, delivered from it. Um, so uh, getting that that recognition and um, an understanding um, a lot more widespread. I'm sure asset managers at the coalface have a concept that what they do is pretty important, um, but we need to actually um, amplify that uh, and uh, have that, that level of importance understood in a much wider um, wider community. And so, you know, opportunities to speak on on this podcast um, and, and and tell this exact story is is really important. Yeah, that that's really um it's really insightful. I actually didn't know <coughs> that that was um I didn't know those numbers that you talked about from Tewahanga um, around that 90% of infrastructure already exists. Ninety nine. Oh, ninety nine percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, do, 
I wonder, is there, do you almost think there's diminishing returns in some sense that if we have all of this here, we maybe perhaps need to understand how we can use this better versus building the the mm. brand the brand new infrastructure, right? Um, I, I I do. I think that there is a, a fundamental mismatch, um, and I don't have quantification around this, so this is a gut feel, uh, but a mismatch between our aspirations as society for our quality and standard of living. So we have expectations that we will have a, a beautiful, smooth road from here, to, from Wellington to Auckland. Mm. Um, but to actually spend the money required to achieve that is beyond our means. And therefore, mm. our aspirations are not matched with our ability to meet those aspirations. Um, Something needs to happen uh, to, uh, I guess, bring reality in a, in a way that is palatable mm. to to our communities. Um, and uh, you know, does that mean that we we're constantly disappointed? Um, well, I think we need to think harder about how we can uh, invest in and and create outcomes and uh, experiences using our infrastructure, just taking the smooth road example, um, that will satisfy us and will have a, a, you know, deliver, deliver for us, the big us, um, a quality of life that we expect. Um, and the sort of people that need to make that, to undertake that hard thinking are the asset managers. Um, mm. They are the people with the knowledge, with the data, with the information um available to them to actually come up with new ideas new ways of using infrastructure and maintaining it and ex uh, uh, ensuring that the utility out of it is is meeting the community's expectations um that's that's the challenge i think for for our profession yeah there's definitely that tension there between wanting to have uh newer and better things but then also the cost associated with that, and then also being comfortable and happy with the things that we we do have, because we do have access to so many of these um, uh, amazing amazing facilities, whether it's roads or buildings, uh, um, you know, power and things like that. And I wonder at what point do, do things kind of get to you know are they just are they good enough? You know, we we don't have to keep building building things. Like bigger and better but i just think you know it's, it's, it must be just a, it's like a human nature we just kind of want more we always seem to want more regardless of, of kind of what we've got and so it's an interesting challenge i think certainly yeah. uh, you know it's a it, you know, it's, it's quite a hard sell i think as, as asset managers to say oh you know this is kind of good enough and we might just tidy the tidy up around the edges whereas people you know kind of have that desire to want more as well so certainly an interesting battle in, in that um and that social space, I think, as well. Then you throw in elements like climate adaptation and, and um, the, you know, the, the most recent iteration of uh, imperative is around resilience. So we've we've gone through earthquake resilience. Um, before that, we were going through green buildings and um, you know, seeking to reduce carbon impact of of our built environment. Um, we're now in a phase of, of climate resilience. Um, but all of these things have a commonality of using the planet's resources more efficiently to 
deliver the standard of living which we we expect. Um, and so, you know, asset managers uh, have to grapple with a huge, every every aspect. So, you know, the social aspects of um, the outcomes from from uh, using infrastructure. There's cultural aspects. There's environmental impacts, um, and there's economic. So, all of the four well-beings have to be uh, grappled with and ultimately balanced in in some manner, um, and decisions made about which areas are going to be compromised. At the moment, um, you know, it's not palatable to be making decisions which compromise environmental. Um, whether that's climate adaptation, uh, sorry, climate impacts or um, you know, other environmental impacts. And, um, it, it's, it's not something we grapple with, but at the same time, we have to be able to afford it, the economic elements. And if we're compromising, um, if we're not compromising those, those two things, are we compromising social integrity, um, mm. you know, our inherent wealth and, and, and well-being? Um, or are we treading over cultural values um, and uh, compromising our uh, New Zealandness uh, in order to pursue something which is seen as attractive, you know, in some other culture? Um, you know, if we try and build roads like Americans do, then we will, um, you know, we'll be buried under concrete, um, and we'll suffer the 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 climate carbon impacts of that um you know that sort of that sort of uh, investment so we are constantly trying to balance a huge range of, of factors in the way that uh, infrastructure assets are actually created maintained um and in the services and uh, delivered from yeah it's certainly an environment of uh complex decision making and it's a <clears throat> battle of um, constantly reprioritizing prioritizing reprioritizing and and understanding the the trade-offs um, where they are and uh, you know un unfortunately it's probably we probably don't acknowledge it enough but to some degree I think there is a point where we, we, we can't have it all we do have to understand that a decision we make here is going to have some sort of negative impact here and and uh, you know are we comfortable with that and sort of what are those thresholds are, are around that because there seems to be no decision that you can make that will uh, tick every single one of the boxes because if there was, that would be the one you would go for, right? So every yep. single time. Hey, changing gears a, a wee bit um, to maybe help with some of this complex decision making for our, for our asset managers here in Aotearoa, um, uh, the the Apopo guide. So I, I've seen seen a bit about this. I've, I've heard a little bit about this. Um, mm. Do you maybe want to? talk a little bit a bit more about the uh a popo guide and sort of what inspired the creation of it yes yeah so the apopo guide is the guide for it's a comprehensive guide for infrastructure asset management professionals practicing here in itra um it came about from a, a bit of analysis actually um and looking at what has been the uh the stalwart of asset management um, here in New Zealand, um, Australia, and globally, the uh, re affectionately referred to as the IIIN, or the International Infrastructure Management Manual. Um, and 
that is is recognised as globally um, in this in the standard of best best practice. Um, however, when you do a word search on that um, document uh, for the words Aotearoa, Māori, and Waitangi, so three words which are essential words for New Zealand for Aotearoa, um, you find those three words appear in the IIIM five times in total. And for an organisation such as a Pōpōr to uh, promulgate though that um, that guidance as being best practice for practitioners here in Aotearoa is, is, is just no longer tenable. And so we, we took a, a good hard look at ourselves and said we need to provide for our professionals, for our sector guidance, which is appropriate for um, practitioners here in, in New Zealand. And so we felt that um, the only way to do that was to start with a blank sheet of paper. Um, we didn't want to take the IIIM and tack on an appendix of te reo, of um, local culture, of indigenous knowledge. Um, we didn't want to try to um, take something which is recognised internationally um, and uh, try and insert a bit of Māoridom into, into the document. We wanted to have something which inherently weaves together the very best knowledge, Mataranga Māori, um, with the very best understanding of asset management um, based on, on Western practices, to come up with a unique approach to asset management, uh, infrastructure asset management, in New Zealand. Um, and that meant really understanding Te Ao Māori uh, principles um, and how those principles work as asset management guidance uh, for practitioners here in New Zealand. It's been a, a really um, a amazing development process and a very rapid one. And we've, we've used technology to assist us um, to create a brand new, from a blank sheet of paper, um, set of guidance in a very short space of time because we've had the uh, absolute support of the leading practitioners um, across um, all the fields of asset management as active contributors, active, actively writing this new guidance. Um, and I'm really excited that we're going to be launching the Apopo Guide um, straight after our annual general meeting of Apopo uh, on the 12th of October. So it is very nearly ready. Um, to say that we're putting the finishing touches on it is um, probably a little optimistic. This is actually a guide which is going to be a live document. It's not going to be finished when we launch. Um, it is going to be good. It is going to be a game changer in the way that we think about asset management here. Um, but it is going to be continually updated and um, and enhanced, not only by us as a portal, but by the community of users who use the guide. Um, so we want contributions from users. We want to get experience 
um, that practitioners are having out in the um, in the profession into the guide so it can benefit all of the profession. And we're establishing a process where um, you can make a contribution and um, if that'll go through a vetting, vetting process. Um, but uh, our aim is that within two weeks that uh, new material will, will be available in the guide. Um, we're using um, you know, AI chatbot technology to help with the navigation, to find the information that you need to match your workflow, because this is not the old doorstop um, that uh, used to be the typical you know, professional practice manual. Um, this is an online resource. Um, this is something which you need to be able to navigate around and um, work with the content that's relevant to the work you're doing at the time that you're doing it. And so uh, we, we're using chatbot to um, intelligently, artificially, uh, produce answers to pretty um, you know, questions. Like you can ask this thing, you know, what's the most important thing I need to write in my um, my long term um, my long term plan? And we'll take the content of the guide and and produce a, a coherent answer for you that you need to do this, this, and that. And here is some more detail in the guide about uh, long-term plans. So navigating your way through this guide um, is, is going to be super easy and really intuitive. The other exciting thing that we had, um, we've only just recently announced is that the Apopal guide will be a, a access to it, will be a, a benefit provided to Apopal members only. So to access the Pawpaw Guide, you need to be a member of a Pawpaw. Um, and that's really, really important because we want our community really close and we want our community engaged and um, supporting the creation of guidance and best practice for itself. Um, as I've said, that the idea of everybody as a contributor and has something to offer um, their experience and what's gone well for them equally what hasn't worked. Um, being part of a Pawpaw as a membership organisation um, will give you that, that opportunity to participate and um, gain the benefit of uh, the subject matter experts who have you know, written, written the first, first release. Uh, so it's something uh, quite exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, firstly, I mean, that's a, that's a huge undertaking to create something from scratch and uh, it's a massive project to organize when you have so many um, <clears throat> people contributing but I think probably the 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 common drive for everybody to uh, you know develop and create something that's fit for purpose for New Zealand and that um, uh, is is easy to use and and is sort of updated and more modern and then you know <clears throat> like some of these features of the AI chatbot, things like that. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like a incredibly attractive, um, uh, I mean, I want to say product. It's not really a product, but it's, it's a document that, you know, this interactive document, right? It's a resource. Resource, it's a, yeah. It's a set of resources. You know, it's got experience in there. It's got guidance. It's got, um, you know, over time, it will develop to have templates that you can download, that you can use, you can apply in your actual day-to-day -day work. Um, and, and, and it, importantly, um, it weaves together the, the best knowledge from 
both treaty partners um, and and can be relied on for um, you know, representing New Zealand Aotearoa. Absolutely, and I, 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 it, it might start to, well, it should start to, to to formulate some of this, some consistency across these different sort of infrastructure spaces as well, but, you know, maintaining their individuality and say roading and, and water and, and, and power and fibre and all that sort of thing. But, you know, having access to that knowledge, that resource where you can ask it directly what you what you need and it can help produce and, and guide uh, the direction. And if, if most, a lot of people are using that, we have a lot more members that who, who are using using that, we may start to see sort of alignment on, on a few different um, a few different areas. Well, that's it's very exciting. Um, very exciting that's coming up soon. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having a, a read through it. I don't know, maybe ask it questions. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's good. That's good. Hey, um, do you have uh, a, a favourite quote or or saying that you, you would like to maybe share with the audience, sort of generate some mm. inspiration, you know, motivation out there? Bit of a challenge one, actually. Um, so I was at a conference last week. Uh, and a, uh, a strategist, futurist uh, keynote speaker called Michael McQueen um, relayed something which uh, sort of uh, touched a, touched a nerve almost. Um, every, everyone's pretty aware of the the quote attributed to Einstein, which goes something like, you know, the definition of insanity is uh, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, Michael McQueen's take on that was because of the rate of change, whether it be technology, social, cultural, um, environmental even, that is being experienced right now in society. He's postulated that a, a, a better rendition of that quote relevant to today is definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. Mm. Um, and when you start thinking about that, you go, yeah, that's, that's why we need to change things. That's why we need to um, take relatively bold steps and say, okay, the IIIM is something which exists and it's, it's all very good, um, but we need the thing which is relevant for us here today and we need to make it available rapidly um mm. because it's um uh, it, it's not you know the world's not going to stop and wait <laughs> um change change is, is speeding up and um we've got to keep up with that so there's a quote <laughs> absolutely absolutely i think that's i think that's amazing um for for interested people for for people who may hear this and and want to have access to the Apopo Guide or become a, a member, um, mm -hmm. how can they get involved and, and sort of stay up to date with um, ongoing developments? Yeah, so easiest way is um, Apopo, A-P-O-P-O.co.nz um, and click the join now button. Um, the, easy as that. It's it's easy as that. Um, you know, being part of that Apopo uh, community um, as an asset management professional, you know, whether you're a planner, whether you're a surveyor, whether you're an engineer, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a lawyer, um, all of the different disciplines that are applied to <coughs> asset, excuse me, asset management um, need to be part of this community um, in order to do your, your roles 
effectively um, because the amount of knowledge which is is out there from experienced people um, that we need to rely on their understanding, whether that is um, from a TL Māori perspective or from a Western-based practices perspective, um, we need to share, we need to collaborate um, or else we're not actually going to solve that problem of how do we maintain and manage the 99% of the infrastructure which is around us today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, uh, the resources, access, these 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 communities like Apopo just improve the the decision making, the 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 community connection between uh, different asset managers, different different industries, and and uh, I think that's incredibly important. And so, um, if you're not yet a member, go and uh, sign up on the website, like Murray said, and um, yeah, looking forward to the release of the Apopo guide. Was it twelfth of twelfth uh, of October? Correct. Yep, twelfth of October. Check it out. Well, uh, Kelda Murray, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today and um, sharing your insights with everyone. So now, okay. Matewa, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Asset Guardian podcast. I hope you all have a great week ahead, and I will catch you next time. Happy anō.